Turn, let's turn to the scriptures this evening. We will be referring to other portions of God's word, but for a basis of what we want to say this evening, we have been on uh, Matthew 24, but this evening we're going to go to Luke's gospel, chapter 21. Luke's gospel, chapter 21, keep your Bibles open please, beginning to read at verse 29. The Lord Jesus is the speaker, and says, and he spake to them a parable. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you know of your own selves that summer is now at hand. So likewise, ye, when you see these things come to pass, know ye that the kingdom of God is nigh. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not, not pass away. Till all be fulfilled, heaven and earth shall pass away. But my words shall not pass away. Take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness. And the curse of this life, and so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come upon all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore and pray always that you may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. We know the Lord will bless the reading of his own word. Just let's bow again in a word of prayer. Father, we worship you. And may all that is said from this pulpit, may all that is said through these lips be to the glory and the honor of your Son alone, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we ask you now to settle us in your presence. Take every opposing spirit, every distracting thought, and bring it under the subjection of the name of the Lord Jesus. We pray that your word would have free course in our lives and help us all realize the time, the day, the hour, the season which we live in. Even now, Lord, as things are happening, we ask you, Lord, to quicken us to be able to know and to behold the things that you tell us. And if one is here who knows not your Son, the Lord Jesus, as their Savior, we pray this evening or this night be over that they would come to a saving faith in him. We'll love you, Lord, and we'll worship you, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, last week, when we spoke on the fig tree and violence at Jerusalem... As I said, we took from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. And just for a little difference, we'll mention that later on, but for a little difference in opinion, if we could say, a little difference of Scripture that is written here, Matthew gives an account as well as Luke and Mark. And we thought we would read from Luke chapter 21. Last week we showed in Scripture how when the fig tree was at Jerusalem, we'll explain it in a moment, when the fig tree people was at Jerusalem, that people or that nation was there, there was always violence that came to the city because of the fig tree's attitude, because of the fig tree people and their ways, their sin, and all the things that they got up to, even throwing out and disregarding the word of God. Notice the fig tree in the Old Testament we looked at last week is likened onto the house of Judah. Now let me make a point here. That is not all of Israel. That was the southern kingdom and the southern kingdom only. Israel are now gone. They have been carried away captive. They are now in and around Hala and Habor, the rivers of, the, uh, of Gozan, of the Medes and the Persians. They go up through the Caucasus, the Dariel Pass, through Europe and of course to the west. Where we're speaking on is then Judah, the southern kingdom, are carried away captive into Babylon because of their sin. The fig tree was likened unto Judah, and Judahites like unto the fig tree. For example, in Jeremiah chapter 24, it speaks of the first wave of captives over a period of a few years. The Babylonians came, carried, grasped, and took them away into Babylon. And in the first wave of the people who went into Babylon was like of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego and Daniel. 
And they went, they obeyed the word of the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah, that if they were to go to Babylon and be carried away according to God's word, and he would allow that, then those people would be, they would be returning again as God's people. They were obedient to the word of the Lord, and the Lord calls them in Jeremiah 24, good figs. Then those like Zedekiah and his sons and others with him were likened unto bad figs or evil figs which could not be eaten because they refused the word of the Lord. They refused the salvation, the methods, the way of redemption that God had planned for them. And they were then carried captive and they were then murdered, judged because they had turned away the word of the Lord. Is there someone tonight, and you're a bad fig, <laughs> is there someone tonight and you're like that? You'll go out tonight and you will disregard the word of God this evening. You will go out of here the same way you come into here. You come in in your sin and you'll go out in your sin. And you will then still be under the wrath of God because you have disregarded and rejected the word of God and the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Here Almighty God says there were good figs and there were also bad figs. Now here's something I want to let you know this evening that most people probably don't know. And even a lot of people might even fall out with me. It's called uh, Dangerous Ground in the year 2012. I want to let you know of the word Jew. The word Jew comes from the tribe of Judah. It's a derivative name, Judah and Jew. And in fact, Strong's Concordance in the Hebrew, uh, in the Hebrew uh, word studies in number 3064, Strong's Concordance calls it Yehudi or Yehuda. And it means celebration. The house of Judah was meant to be a house of celebration. Judah means praise or the house of praise. But it also speaks of a certain territory in which they lived in. In other words, the house of Judah lived in the southern kingdom of Judah and that surrounding area in the Old Testament times. Also, it speaks of the people who lived in that area who might not necessarily be a Judahite but live in the region of the the house of Judah or the kingdom of Judah. So there's an awful lot that gets integrated and messed up and everybody bungs them all into one when it's even... This very evening in the land of Israel, there's a whole conglomerate and mixture of people. We'll look at that in a little minute. There are those Jews or Judaites who others were, were added to the Judaites, were admixtures. For example, in 125 BC, one of the Jewish leaders called John Hyrcanus, he took the Idumeans, and the Idumeans were off the line of Esau. They weren't any Israelites, and he forced a conversion upon them to become Jews. So you see, living in Judea, or living in the land of Judea, there are people living in that geographical area. They weren't Jews by religion, yes, but they weren't Jews or Judahites by race or, or by tribe. So I am hope I'm not confusing people. So there's a whole mixture came. There are those from Babylon. When the Jews left Babylon and set up the walls and, the, and, the, uh, and the, the, the temple again, that's when we read of Nehemiah and Ezra. The Lord Jesus would come from that line of Judah. And as they would come, the others came with the Babylonian Talmud. They mixed the laws of God. They mixed the purity of Hebraism, the pure Israelite worship. And they came with a mongrelized form of worship. 613 ta- uh, commandments to keep in their Talmudic religion. And it's still in a lot of Judaism or in Judaism today. So the problem is here, there's a whole mess to be sorted out. And the fig tree embraces this. They embrace it to the point where we also looked last week at the Lord Jesus in Luke chapter 13, verses 6 to 9. We'll not look at it this evening. When the Lord talks about the parable of the man who plants a fig tree. And he plants it in his vineyard, as it were. And the vineyard was the land of Israel, for Israel was represented as a vine. But now the Jews are the fig tree They are planted. Jesus was preaching the kingdom of God for three years. 
And in the parable, of course, the husbandman comes who plants it and he says, cut it up or take it out of the ground. Why is it cumbering the ground? These three years I come seeking fruit thereon and find none. And the Lord Jesus, speaking of himself, says, Lord, let it alone this year. And this year alone, I I will dig it and I will dung it. In other words, I will preach unto it. I will show miracles and signs and wonders. And if it bear fruit well, then that's good. But if not, then Lord, then put it up from the ground. In other words, pull the Jewish nation up from the ground and dispose of it or burn it. So we know that the Lord Jesus preached for three years and at three and a half years, he was still rejected. And there was violence at Jerusalem when they called and bed and cried for the blood of Jesus. When they called and bed and cried for the, for the death of Christ on the cross. And here we had the fig tree and violence at Jerusalem. So again, then we also have the fig tree in Mark 11. When Jesus was walking into Jerusalem, he sees the tree showing, spreading out its, its, its branches, showing the leaves, everything that a tree should be doing, and he goes to get some figs on it and finds no fruit. And he curses it, and it withers up. And on the way out, the fig tree has withered up. And it was parabolic, it was symbolic, it was a metaphor of how that nation would be finished after the crucifixion and the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, when Jesus paid it all, as our sister says tonight, Jesus paid it all. It means when he paid it all, our sins are paid totally, completely, past, present, and future. When Jesus shed his blood, it was for the redemption of our souls, and it was for the salvation of you personally, my friend, this evening. And when Jesus paid it all, it doesn't mean that we go and sacrifice again to hopefully please God, nor Jew, nor Gentile, born or free, that when you are in Christ, you are saved, born again, cleansed by his blood, and filled with his spirit. Now, either Jesus' blood pays it all, or it doesn't. I believe it does. I believe when he cried, it is finished. The battle is over. When he cried, it is finished. Tetelaste, paid in full. Our debts were paid. We look no more to a temple, nor any other sacrifice, nor religion, nor ceremony, nor ritual, but believe totally, fully, and wholly on the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know what people have been taught throughout the years. And I don't know what you have heard throughout the years. But I stand and stand alone in the death, the burial, the resurrection, and the victorious coming of our Lord Jesus Christ again. I look for nothing else. I wait for nothing else because I believe this book, the Bible, tells us of nothing else but the blood of Jesus. Is Jesus enough? It's more than enough for you this evening. There's no sin that you have committed that Christ cannot forgive. There's no lifestyle that you have lived that Christ cannot change. There's no circumstance you find yourself in that Christ cannot turn around. Jesus Christ, as we sang earlier, he's the same yesterday and today and forever. He's the wonder-working Jesus. And what did we say? He is the same one who is coming back Again, I believe that with all my heart. I believe that with all I am because I believe the Word of God in its entirety, Old and New Testament. I'm not an Old Testament believer. I'm not a New Testament believer. I'm a whole Testament believer. So here we have the fig tree on violence at Jerusalem at the death of our Lord Jesus Christ. The three synoptic Gospels, that is Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Simply synoptic means seeing through the same eye. In other words, they're writing their story inspired by the Holy Spirit. Listen to just a couple of them for time's sake. Matthew 24 and verse 32. The Lord Jesus talking about the parable of the fig tree says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree when her branches yet tender and putteth forth leaves. Notice branches yet tender, putteth forth leaves. You know that summer is near It is even at the doors. Listen to Luke's gospel, chapter 21 then, verse 29. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Now that's very important. Listen to what he says in Luke's gospel. Behold the fig tree. Look at the fig tree. 
Now, in their day, the fig tree was rejecting Christ. He says, but when I'm gone, keep your eye on it to see what happens. Keep your eye on this. It's very important. So here this evening, brothers and sisters and friends, behold the fig tree in the year 2012. Listen to what he says. Behold the fig tree. And he says something else that Mark, Matthew doesn't say. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Very important. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see, and know of your own selves. In other words, you know fine rightly. You know deep down in your heart. You will know of an assurance way in there. You will know. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. When they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now at hand. So likewise, when you see these things come to pass, know that the kingdom of God is at hand. Here, Luke's gospel tells us that when the fig tree is in Jerusalem, look at it and learn from it, for there's something going to happen. Summer is near. Now, you know what it's like when summertime comes the stretch in the evenings, things seem nice and glorious. The whole country seems different when the sun is shining on it. You go, oh, well, over here we have to go away to get the sun sometimes, don't we? Not sometimes, nearly every year. But you know what it's like when the sun is shining on you and you step out of your door and the sun's beaming in the sky and the children are happy and everyone seems so rejuvenated and revitalized and renewed in their heart. Here the summer is the coming kingdom of God when you and I who are saved by grace and born again of the Spirit of God and washed in the blood of the Lamb, that when Christ returns to set up His kingdom on earth, it will be greater than any summertime feeling. It will be greater than anything you and I could ever experience or know until He returns. And you and I will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. We will come back again to rule and to reign with our Lord Jesus Christ. Here we have the Lord saying, look at the fig tree and all the trees. Take a mental note. Very, very important. Behold the fig tree and all the trees. He says here, learn a parable of the fig tree in Matthew's account. See the word learn here? It's a word, mafano. And mafano means to be a disciple or to be disciplined. I take note of that. Here, Christian, we're told to be disciplined. If you can see the fig tree, you should be even more disciplined. If you can understand after this evening what the fig tree represents, who they are, what they stand for, what the Bible says, you should be disciplined in your living before Christ as an overcoming saint of God. That's what it means. Learn it. Learn the parable. Learn what it means and be disciplined. Learn the parable of a fig tree means to increase your knowledge on it and also to learn by inquiry and observation. Learn by inquiry and observation. Let me give you an example of this word learned somewhere else in Scripture. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 28 to 30, the Lord Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. The Lord Jesus says, friend, tonight, if you have come with a burden, if your life is a mess, if your life has been turned upside down, if your life is full of things that you can't get rid of, and you have no escape from. If you're bound by chains of darkness and off this world. If you're having a burden to carry that you can't carry. Told the people today. When I get saved I come in full of alcohol and drugs. I come in with my heart and my boots. I come in suicidal in my thoughts. 
I had a great big black rucksack upon my back, as it were, full of the weight and of the lifestyle that I was living. And I heard the glorious gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, how he saves and he keeps. And I came to him and said, Lord, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live the way I am. I can't put up with it. I don't want to see tomorrow, never mind the next moment or the next hour. He says, son, learn of me. That's your word tonight, learn of him. Oh, I'll go to a church and I'll go to my denomination and I'll go to heal him. No, no, learn of him. Put him central in your life. That means be disciplined to watch him. Be disciplined to look at him. Be disciplined in your love for him. He says, give him all. Give him your burden tonight. Give him your sorrow tonight. Give him your mourning tonight. Give him your heartache tonight. Give him your addictions tonight. Give it and set it at the feet of Jesus. Say, Lord, I can't cope with this. And I cannot carry it, but I know your shoulders are greater than I. How do you know his shoulders are bigger than you? The Bible tells you. The Bible, in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. The whole government of the universe is on his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That's who Jesus is when you learn of him in your life. That's who he is. And oh, I've been learning ever since to trust in Jesus every day. To trust in him all the way. To trust in Jesus. And you need not pay. eh? Trust in Jesus today, my friend. Here we have him saying, learn of me. Learn about me. Learn from me my love for you. Learn what he can do for you. Observe him and inquire of him. Listen to what an old Puritan called John Boyce once said. He says, Thomas acknowledged the divinity he did not see by the wounds he did see. Let me say it again. It's lovely. Thomas acknowledged the divinity he did not see by the wounds he did see. What do I mean? John chapter 20. We have the disciples and the risen Lord shows himself and Thomas isn't there. And they tell Thomas with excitement and with joy. They said, Christ indeed has risen from the dead, Thomas. Glory to God, Thomas. We have hope of hope, Thomas, in Jesus. Thomas says, unless I see him myself and put my finger into the the nail prints and put my hand into the side where it was driven with the spear, he says, I will not believe. And lo and behold, Jesus came. He stands before Thomas, showing his wounds and spreading his hands. And he says to Thomas, hand on me and see. Thomas, come, put your hand on my side. See for yourself. Friend, I could tell you about Jesus tonight. I could tell him of his love for you tonight. I could tell him what he's done for me tonight and for many others in this place tonight. We could spend tonight and every other night telling you. But you need to experience yourself. You need to do it yourself. You need to experience him, him. Him experiencing Christ in your life. Experiencing him every day as you walk with him and talk with him. Experience the power that he brings to a soul. And the relief he gives to the heart that's burdened. Trust you'll experience him tonight for yourself. Listen to what he says to Thomas. Thomas, because thou hast seen me, Thou hast believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. I may not have seen him and put my fingers in the nail prints, but oh, I have seen him with the eye of faith through the preaching of his word. Do you know, this is going off a rabbit trail a bit, forgive me, but old John Whitcliffe was preaching in Edinburgh. And there was a man who was an atheist. And they were getting up, believe it or not, at half five in the morning to go and hear him in the fields preaching. 
And this man who was an atheist, didn't believe in God, got out of his bed at 5.30 to go and hear John Wycliffe preaching in Edinburgh. And this gentleman comes alongside him and recognizes him and says, what are you doing? He says, I'm going to hear John Wycliffe preaching. He says, but you, you don't believe in God. He says, no, I don't. He says, but John Wycliffe does. Maybe you don't believe in God tonight, but I can tell you, I do. I do. He's revolutionized. He's changed my life, and he can change yours. That's not in my notes. I feel I'm doing that to reach somebody tonight. The saving power of Christ in our life. Here, we have the word learn. Learn a parable off the fig tree. He says, you know of your own selves that summer is nigh. I want to bring you for the next lot of moments, whatever we get through here, and there's a lot of scripture to bring you through, and I hope you can stay with me. Luke chapter 21, verse 29. Let's read this. Behold the fig tree, Jesus says, and all the trees. Notice. When they now shoot forth, he says, <clears throat> verse 30, when they now shoot forth, you see and know of your own selves that summer is now at hand, or summer is near. In other words, take note, look at it, learn from it. The fig tree in this is foremost and central, but there's other trees. The fig tree and all the trees are mentioned. Now, trees in Scripture can speak of people, and trees in Scripture also speak of nations. They also speak of literal trees. So whenever the Lord is speaking here, the context he is speaking in is that the fig tree is a nation, a national people who will be at Jerusalem at his coming. That the fig tree will be those who are of jury. They will be those who are true Jews or Judahites or, and there will be those who are not true Jews. You can't say that. Well, Jesus said in Revelation chapter 2 to the church of Smyrna, he says, I know thy works. And then he goes on to say, and I also know, he says, them who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. You need to take on up with Jesus then, not with the preacher. And there will be a mixture of people there who might live in the geographical area. But here's something I want you to understand. Let's behold the fig tree and all the trees. I have taught you this on a couple or a few occasions. But in 604 BC, as we talked earlier, when the good figs went into Babylon. And this is a very important date. For in Leviticus chapter 26... You'll have to read it when you go home. But the Lord said unto Israel, that is unto the, the twelve tribes before they separated into two kingdoms. He said unto them, he says, look, if you walk contrary to me, then I will walk contrary to you. Then he says, and I will punish you seven times more for your sin. Notice, seven times more. So we have to work out in Bible prophecy, what is a time? I'm sure some of you already know because I have taught it before. But a time is 360. In other words, 360 degrees in a full revolution. But it really goes by a lunar calendar where the, the moon goes around the earth 12 times to make up a year. And the earth goes round the sun once as the moon is going around the earth. That is a solar calendar and there's the lunar calendar. And when we get the, the medium between these, the common denominator, it comes to 360. In Bible prophecy, it can be a day for a year or a day for a thousand years. But in this, it is a day for a year, for we would be thousands and thousands of years yet to go. Now listen to this. In 604 BC, when those good figs from Judah 
went into Babylon. Their captivity had started seven times. So seven times, and one time is 360. If you're good at mathematics, you'll be working it out in your head. 360 multiplied by seven is 2,520. 2,520 is 2,520 years of punishment. Now, the Lord Jesus says in Luke chapter 21, if you'll turn to it, and verse 24, he says, And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive into all nations, and Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. What times? It is the seven times punishment. For we had Babylon who ruled over them. Then we had the Medo-Persians. Then we had Alexander the Great and the Grecian Empire. Then we had the Roman Empire who's ruling in our Lord's day. And then as it goes on through time, we had the Islamic Empire. We had the Turkish Ottoman Empire. All the, the Islamic Empire right up until 1917. Now stay with me. From 604 BC, and you take 2,520 years. You go right to the year naught. You add one for crossing from BC to AD. You carry on subtracting your 2,520 years, and it brings you to the year 1917. In 1917, the Turks were still in charge of Jerusalem and even greater around the Fertile Crescent. And when the Turks were in charge of Jerusalem, General Edmund Allenby sent over the little bi-wing planes in 1917. They hardly knew what a plane looked like. There was just a new invention. And they flew over the top of Jerusalem, dropping leaflets. Not a bomb was dropped, not a shot was fired. And as they dropped the leaflets, the Turks surrendered and gave up. And on the 9th of December 1917, General Edmund Allenby walked in the Jaffa Gate of Jerusalem and Jerusalem was liberated. Now, listen to this. This is Bible prophecy to the T. Isaiah the prophet, chapter 31 and verse 5. 750 years before Jesus was even born, the Lord spoke these words. As birds flying... So will the Lord of hosts defend Jerusalem. Defending, he will also deliver it. And passing over, he will preserve it. 750 years of BC. And the Lord said, there would be not birds flying, as birds flying. And the planes come over. The Turks thought they saw great big birds. Number 14 bomber squadron. From the earth, flying corps went over. They struck up a medal to claim their victory. And you know what the, the, the logo was? I spread my wings and I keep my promise. Reverting back to Isaiah 31 and verse 5. I think that's tremendous. Are you learning from the parable of the fig tree tonight? Watch this. The times of the Gentiles were fulfilled in 1917. In 1948, we saw the Israeli state come into being its own, if you want, nationhood. 1948, the fig tree was, as Mark 13 and 28 says, her branch is yet tender. The word tender is hapolos, which means soft. That's going to be a young nation. Her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves. Ye know, he says, that summer is near. Or when this happens, I want you to grasp this. This is important. When this happens, he says, you behold this, you learn from it, you be discipled in your Christian walk, for summer is near, the kingdom of God is coming. The kingdom of God is coming, it's at hand. During the 20th century, many other trees or nations have come into being. Behold a fig tree and all the trees. Learn from this, okay? 
And they've grown up from obscurity, for example, at the breaking up of the former Soviet Union, the fall of the Berlin Wall, 1989. By 1991, there were 15 former Soviet republics that claimed their own nationhood. The trees were starting to come forward. Other nations, other trees, and they're shooting forth their leaves. They're coming into being. There were some 15 republics out of a 74-year-old system of communism. Communism was really birthed at the French Revolution. But in the Russian, in Russia and uh, uh, around 1917, we had men like, now listen to the names, Karl Marx, he was a Jew by the way, Leon Trotsky, he was a Jew by the way, Lenin, he was a Jew by the way. People don't realize this. The Lord says there were good figs and there were bad figs. And the formulation of the Communist Party, we had the, 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 the Chinese Mao Zedong come over. I'm trying to remember his name. I'm doing this from my memory, so you'll forgive me. And Mao Zedong came and he took hold of communism. And the Bolshevik Revolution happened. In 1917. Isn't that strange when God moves and Bible prophecy comes to pass and God liberates Jerusalem as birds flying in the same year? Communism from the devil springs forth. And birthed out of that was also Nazism. And in Portugal, there was Romanism. What was that? It was the visions of Fatima. Is this not strange for some people? Do people not look at this and say, Surely the coming of the Lord draweth nigh? So here we have Mao Zedong takes the communist ideology back to China. China push out the nationalists. They go to Taiwan. That's why today they're fighting over Taiwan with the United States of America. So here we have 1917, a very, very crucial year. 74-year-old system. 74-year-old system from 1917 till 1991. Communism broke down. In 1991, the former Balkan Peninsula countries came into being also. Slovenia, Croatia, Bosnia, Herzegovina, and then they claimed independence. There was also Macedonia, in 1992, and the Union of Serbia and Montenegro in 2006. What's that got to do with it all? It's the trees. Learn from it. It's the trees from all of this breaking up. Can you see the ideology in this? Can you see the theology in it? Can you see what God is telling you tonight? He's saying, look, this is going to happen. Then my son is coming. Jesus is coming, friend, and you better get ready. You better be prepared. And who will enter the kingdom? Jesus says to Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews as he called him, a churchman of the day, verily, verily I say unto you, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, nor enter into the kingdom of God. John 3 and 3 and 3 and 5. Marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. John 3 and 7. I'm hoping you're wakening up to what's going on in the world around you. We go to work and we eat our lunch and we come home and get our dinner. Maybe attend church during the week if the pastor's, you know, on a good subject. This is more about church. This is about living for Christ. This is about knowing him. Being ready, watching and waiting. Oh, Jesus, will you come, Lord? Listen to this. Out of the breakup of the Soviet republics, you had the Stan countries. And they're related to Turkey, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Turkmenistan, Kazakhstan, all those Stan countries, all the Islamic Stan countries. Listen to this. We had the, what was known as the Arab Spring, as they called it, like Tunisia, Libya, Egypt, Lebanon, sorry, Yemen, Morocco, and Bahrain. The national website said this. Listen to what it says. And this was an Islamist saying this. 
Suddenly, to be an Arab has become a good thing. People all over the Arab world feel a sense of pride in shaking of, de- shaking of decades of cowed passivity. Events in the Arab world are being covered by the Western media more extensively than ever before and are being talked about in a fashion that is unprecedented. You know what's happening? They're growing up and they're taking their their, 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 their and, and, and beating them into swords. Who are the Arabs? These are all Arab nations, these ones I mentioned. Who are the Arabs? The Arabs are the seed of Ishmael. Ishmael was the one who went with the Egyptian Hagar and had that son Ishmael to him. The daughter of Isaac also was permitted to marry Esau into Esau Edom or into that line. So here's Esau Edom, here is Ishmael and they're all coming together. That's the Turks as Esau, Edom, and of course you read of them as also uh, Idumea. As I said earlier, they're shooting forth the leaves, all the trees, and the fig tree is coming out and centralized, but it's all the trees the nations are sable rattling. Listen to Zechariah 12 and 2. The Lord says, Behold, I will make Jerusalem a cup of trembling unto all people round about. I will make Jerusalem a burdensome stone for all people who burden themselves with it shall be cut to pieces. Notice that. The fig trees there and there'll be violence at Jerusalem. See the word, a cup of trembling? It's a a Hebrew word, tarela. And it means a cup of reeling, a cup of astonishment. In other words, everyone that gets involved with it will be as if they're intoxicated. Look, what did I tell you something even evangelical Pentecostals, they're intoxicated with it. They're wearing the head with it all. They're intoxicated with it. Now I'm going to tell you about it. I know time's flying on, but you can give me time. Listen to this. Our troops are going there. And our troops are going to be intoxicated with this. And they'll be cut to pieces. Keep them home. Leave it alone. And since everyone claims it as God's, then God will fight for it if it is. Russian Today News, the 5th of January 2012. These are all from this month. The headlines was thousands of troops deploying to Israel. Without much media attention, thousands of American troops are being deployed to Israel. And Iranian officials believe that this is the latest and most blatant warning that the U.S. will soon be attacking Iran. Following the installation of American troops near Iran's neighboring Straits of Hormuz and the reinforcing of nearby nations with U.S. weapons, Tehran authorities are considering this not a test, but the start of something much bigger. I didn't say that. Russia Today News said that. Reuters News, listen to this. Iran had a 10-day massive naval drill codenamed the Great Prophet. Eh? Where do you hear that before? Well, I'll tell you. Bigger revelation. Turn to it. If you have your Bible there. Okay, Revelation chapter 16. And I saw, verse 13, and I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Islam. The Bible tells you. Listen to this. Russian Today News, the 19th of January this year also. Iran sub-poised to torpedo U.S. warships in Gulf. Here's one, the 16th of the 1st this year. United States and U.K. warships gathering in Persian Gulf. Here's one on the 12th of this month. Israel pushing the U.S. to attack Iran.
The United States' fifth fleet are sitting in Bahrain. The seventh fleet are now heading to the Middle East. The Iranian subs are some of the most high-tech subs the world has. Britain has sent its newest one billion pound destroyer, which cannot be detected, to go to the Straits of Hormuz. You know what Hormuz, you know what for? They want to go there to be able to strike first. Israel, the Israelis want America to attack, but they don't want the blame. America doesn't want to have the blame, so they want the Israelis to attack. And Tehran's sitting saying, right, you attack us. Russia says, if you attack Tehran, it's like an attack on Moscow. Does the Bible tell you this will happen? Yes, it does. Ezekiel chapter 38. Ezekiel chapter 38. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm just going to read out and mention a few things. The word of the Lord came on to me, saying, Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. Gog, Magog, Meshach and Tubal is Russia. From one, from West Russia to East Russia, Gog and Magog, Meshach and Tubal is the ancient name for Moscow and Tobolsk. They come from the north quarters toward Israel or the land of Israel and we're told that that starts World War III. Now listen to this, who comes with Russia? Isn't this, this, this thrills me, I could read this every day and it thrills me every time I hear it. I could stand in my head and spit nickels. Listen to what it says, verse 5. Here's who comes with the Gog Magog Persia, Persia is Iran. Iran only came into being in the name Iran. Again, another tree, 1937. Persia, Ethiopia. Do you know that Ethiopia is now backing the Iranians? They're saying they have millions that will stand by them. Ethiopia and Libya with helmet, all of them with shield and buckler, Gomer. Some say Gomer's part of Germany or in the Ukraine. With all his band, the house of Tagarma, that's Turkey. And all his bands, you know what that is? That's the stand countries we talked about. And in fact, Russia, China, and the stand countries are all conglomerating now in what's known as the Shanghai Cooperation. They're all gathering together saying, we're a mighty power, ready, 200 million offers. Jesus is coming, friend, you better be ready. Jesus is coming soon. The Bible's telling you this tonight. Listen to this. There will be nations that come against them. Verse 13, Sheba and Dedan. Some say that could be around the bottom of Saudi Arabia or even around that earth. Some say in the parts of India. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarsus. The merchants of Tarsus is Great Britain. And the merchants of Tarsus already were read at UK and US warships are already there. That's the sailing fleet. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. And all the young lands are the Commonwealth, and of course the United States. I want to round this up for you by letting you know a couple of things. See how close we are to the coming of the Lord. Listen to this. Russiantime.com Russians are launching a military drill in the Caucasus. That's north of Israel, the land of Israel, the Israeli state to prepare for possible armed conflict against the United States of America and Israel. This, this is happening tonight. Professor Dr. Atta Eton, he, he writes a website, I think he's Turkish, he writes, inevitable, it's inevitable that Turkey, Iran, Syria, Russia all have an alliance, yet Syria is not mentioned in Scripture. You know why? In Isaiah chapter 17 and verse 1 says, Behold, Damascus, that's the capital of Syria, is taken away from being a city, and it shall be a ruinous heap. And Damascus is one of the oldest inhabited cities in the world, and has never happened to it yet. And God's word is true, Damascus will be destroyed. Just this week, the Russians dropped off 60 tons of, of weapons into Syria, just this week. And put warships at their ports. The Russians did. I close with this. The Lord says, Behold the fig tree and all the trees. Here is the fig tree, the Jews at Jerusalem. And there's violence coming to Jerusalem like never, ever before. We ought to live a life ready for the coming of the Lord. Here's what we thought I got. Isaiah 55. It says, you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. 
The mountain and the hills shall break forth before you with singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Do you know there's going to come a time when this world is going to cry for mercy? And when Jesus comes, rolls back the sky like a scroll, and he appears in power and great glory, whether you're an individual tree or a national tree, we are so glad to see you, Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus has come at last. You're afraid to clap your hands in church? <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Think about it. Amen. Think about it. And our final scripture, I read it. Thank you for your attention. I know we've been long, but this has been important. I want to go to Zechariah. I told you we would finish with this. Zechariah chapter 12, please. The Lord, verse 3, and the Lord shall. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations. As when he fought in the day of battle, notice, and his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. Jesus will come, the feet that walk Galilee, the feet that must needs go through Samaria to meet a woman at the well, the feet that walked around Jerusalem, the feet that walked down the Via Dolorosa covered in his own blood. The feet, the feet that were cleansed and wrapped up. The feet that were resurrected again. The feet that walked out to the Mount of Olives. And the feet that ascended is coming back again. And we will see our great King. But are you saved? Our Christian, are you ready? Are you walking with the Lord? I pray you are. Oh, that God would revive our land. That God would revive Great Britain and the United States again to what it once was for the gospel. I'm going to start preaching again. God bless you. I'm just saying that you need to be born again of the Spirit. There's so much in there. I could go on all night. And I know you used to think, I think you feel you have gone on all night. But I tell you, he's coming. And he's coming soon. Just watch your TV. Look at your news bulletins. And every one you see, it's a step closer to the coming of Christ. And here's another thing. It may die down. It might get a lid on it. But it's untempered mortar. It's going to come apart. But it'll come apart and Christ will come and rescue us. The redemption of the Lord draweth nigh. God bless us. Thanks for your attention. See me. If you're not saved, just speak to me. We'd love to point you to the Savior. Gary, are you going to sing something, aren't you? Are you going to sing Revive Us? Are you going to do it? This is a great song. This is, usually you would hear this in Mandate or something like that. This is a great song. I love it. Oh, that the Lord would revive us. Revive us with His Spirit. In Ulster tonight, in Britain tonight, in Ireland tonight.